And I pray, Father, that in between the time you do that and the time we have, that, Father God, that you'd give us grace and strength and help in our time of need. We ask, Father God, for you to open the Word of God to us as we explore the Proverbs that you've given us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, last week, as you recall, in our weather-related issues, we had a rather low attendance in the morning and the evening, and so I need to repeat a little bit just to bring everybody up to par. We are, <clears throat> we are in Proverbs, and we are in Proverbs 1-7, the very first proverb. Verses 1 through 6, as you recall, tell the reason for the book of Proverbs. It's to give wisdom and understanding, to, to give you a, a smack upside the head when you need it. That's kind of scary to me right now, but, but uh, you know, it gives you all the reasons. Verses 1 through 6. And then, the Proverbs are wisdom with kind of a, a bite to it. They're not just nice little sayings. They're not little fortune cookies that God sent out with your combo meal. These are, they have a bite to them. Many of them have an extreme bite to them uh, to get our attention. So the very first of the, of the Proverbs is 1-7. And it begins a series of quite a few Proverbs on the same subject. And so as we go through the book of Proverbs, we'll find that there are different emphasis, emphases of the Proverbs. And the very first one is a very important one because everything else hinges on the very first proverb. Okay, if you turn it on, there we go. It's the fear of the Lord. It talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it's the beginning of understanding. And throughout the Old Testament, the fear of the Lord is mentioned over 20 times. And it's mentioned like 14 or 15 times in the book of Proverbs. So it's highly concentrated. And it says that the fear of the Lord is basically the starting gun for getting smart. If, you're, if you have the fear of the Lord, you're in the right track. How many of you have ever gotten on the wrong road? Any of you ever gotten on the wrong road? It wasn't intentional. You didn't do it intentionally. You just wound up there. Now, down, in, down in, in Grove City, Grove, Tucky, there's a particular place that I, I struggle with, even when I have both eyes working. And you're, you're going westbound on Stringtown, and you come up, and I want to go in to the, the barbecue place there. Yes. You know, the city barbecue, at, right by where, where uh, uh, Bethel is, back in that subdivision back in there. Well... They've divided it out, and if you're not careful, you can pull on the wrong side of that divider. Have you ever done that? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, and and I, the moment I do it, Linda says, what in the world are you doing over 
here. You're supposed to be over there. And uh, she's right. And uh, fortunately, no cars were in that lane. I didn't do it intentionally, but I got on the wrong road. I got on the wrong part of the road. How many of you have ever found yourself the wrong way on a one-way street? Yeah. Ever done that? Isn't that exciting? You know the story about the old drunk that he was pulled over and he said uh, the officer pulls him over and he says, are, are you okay? He says, I'm fine. He says, didn't you see those arrows? I didn't even see the Indians, officer. You know, that, you know, by mistake, he didn't do it on purpose. Another place down in Grove, Tucky, where you could do that is right beside the police station. Imagine that. They've got, got one-way streets around the police station, and if you're not careful, you can go the wrong way. And we've got one-way alleys down there, too. So it's not that you're intending to, but accidentally you can wind up on the wrong place. I've told my story to several of you, and I don't want to bore you, but uh, I had an adventure last Thursday that was just exciting. It was just exciting. How many of you remember the old cartoon show, Mr. Magoo? How many remember Mr. Magoo? Oh, you've done it again, Magoo. Well, he couldn't see. He was blind as a bat. Well, after I went, I, I had a morning appointment at the eye doctor and to get new glasses because I hadn't had them in several years. And what I got up Thursday morning and the eye, left eye was just gone. It did, wouldn't work. It did, just black, nothing, nothing at all. And I said, well, how about that? So I got over, I, I went over one eye and, and made it over to the, the eye doctor. And I went in and they, as they always do, they shot those dilating drops in both eyes, and I could see you less than. And he got in and took one look. He says, well, there's pointless to us giving you an eye exam today. we got to get you over to the emergency part of uh, the, the retina center over there. Oh, so they called, and they, I had a half an hour to get from the West, West Broad over to downtown Neal Avenue. <laughs> but I have a problem. Can't see. I can't see on either right now. So I'm, I'm doing Mr. Magoo all over the place, and and uh, I got honked at because I was in wrong lanes, and I stopped oh, in. At the, oh, I was having a wonderful time just getting there, and uh, you know, I, it wasn't intentional. I, but I, you can't get on the right road until you recognize he's God and you're not. The fear of the Lord is the starting gun for any wisdom you can have. You can throw out everything else. You say, but I have education. Yes, I've got several degrees. I've got a degree from this university and this prestigious body. Doesn't matter. If you don't know that the Lord is in charge, that he is God, you're stupid and dumb as a rock. Amen, sir. Amen. So the very first proverb flows through every other proverb. You can take all the other proverbs, but you pull out the fear of the Lord and a right relationship with God. You can have all the wisdom you want, but it's earthly wisdom. And it's flawed. And it 
it makes no sense. The fear of the Lord is the foundation for all the other Proverbs. And so, in our initial stages here, as we look at the book of Proverbs, we're going to spend initially here our time looking at all of the fear of the Lord statements and what they mean and what they tell us. We learn new things about what this fear of the Lord is in every single problem. Now, first of all, before we even get into that, there are two aspects. We covered this last week, but I need to repeat it. There are two aspects about the fear of the Lord. There is a fear of the Lord if you don't know God. A terror of the Lord. That's one of the meanings of the, of the word. Yirah is the is the the Hebrew word, and it means it can mean to be terrified, of, or to reverence, or to honor, or to revere. And so, the fear of the Lord that we're talking about in the Proverbs is not a knee knocking terror. No, it's talking about the righteous person having the right awe and respect that you consider God first before anything else. It's a godly fear of the Lord. Now, the Bible talks a lot about other people and that don't know the Lord. They ought to be afraid. Folks, we live in a society today that is so stupid, they're not afraid of the fact that God's God and He means what He says. They want to throw His Word out and they have out of their laws. They've excommunicated him from the schools and from every, every place else. And as we read last time in the book of Romans, there is no fear of the Lord in the evil people's heart. That's the truth. And it, it's, it's just a, a factor today. And so there's two aspects of the fear of the Lord. The one that we're studying about is that right attitude that you and I can have as followers of the Lord that we reverence Him, that we prioritize our life in light of the fact He's God and we're not. Amen? Amen. So, the difference between terror and awe and to revere. Whoops. <laughs> so we're going to look at some other verses of Scripture about the fear of the Lord when it's talking about the godly kind of fear, okay? Can I get somebody, and wave your hands high, somebody to read Psalm 34, verses 11 through 16. Okay, March, I saw that hand. Thank you, very good. Psalm 34. Psalms 34, verses 11 through 16. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? And your lips from speaking, no, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Mm. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. 
Okay. What does this tell us about the fear of the Lord? We need to design. Wait, 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 wait. Get my pointer. Come, let me teach you the fear of the Lord. Uh, the fear of the Lord, a right relationship to God where we do everything we do is taking into account. He's God, you're not. He's wise, and, and we're not. And many people today, even many Christians, do not live their life in the fear of the Lord. They, they want to live the way they want to live and see if God will say, okay. The, the, the old phrase that used to be used all the time, I remember hearing it when I was growing up, a God-fearing person. It's out of most of our vocabularies today. Yes. But we need to return. It can be learned. That's what the psalmist says. That's what David says. Come, let me teach you the fear of the Lord. It can be instructed in two ways. Through verbal teaching, but also example. If we live our lives as if God were God and we're not, we submit everything to Him. We go by His Word. People are going to see that. Order my steps by Thy Word. Psalm 119, 133. Order my steps in Your Word. People can see your walk, your life, and say, well, boy, they, they live a little bit differently than I do. The priorities are different. I, I see it all the time, and you probably do too, Priorities in our world today, even among Christians, have become <clears throat> misplaced. Yes, sir. God is not concerned, considered first and foremost. It's my pleasure, what I want to do, what I want to do. Yes, sir. Isn't there a scripture in there that says, every knee shall bow? That means everybody in the whole. One day that will occur. That's what it means. Yes. One day that will occur. One day everybody's going to be have the fear of the Lord. Some righteous and some in terror. But uh, if we live our lives as if God is not our ruler, our, our guide, our king, we're going to mess up. Yes, we are. It can be learned. Yes. This, this day, uh, it's all about self. Right. I see that a lot. It's all about self. It's about me, myself, and I, us three, and no more. You know, and uh, the the attitude that I'll just do this, and then uh, if it, if it's not right, I'll just ask forgiveness, and God will always forgive. So that's presumptuous sin, my friend. Yes, it is. The Bible says He will not forgive presumptuous sin. We have to be sincerely sorry for our sin. Not say, well, you know, it's like the permissive parent. Well, we'll do this and they'll forgive me and everything will be all right. God is not a permissive parent. Uh, he goes by his, his word. And if we step outside from that, we're not God-fearing. 
But it's all about what I want to do. What my priorities are. If there's a choice between doing what, what we know God would have us to do and what we want to do, guess what wins today in many cases? Uh, it's, it's one of those things where uh, God-fearing is a good thing to the believer. We're not to walk around terrorized by God. I was never really afraid of my father unless I had done something wrong growing up. My dad was a stern guy. And he knew how to use a whip. He knew how to use his belt. He knew how to use anything that was handy. Uh, I remember one time I, I, I told something I shouldn't have told. It, it was the truth, but I shouldn't have told it to the person I told it to because it got back around to my father. And uh, we were out in the backyard uh, me and my buddies were playing football. How many remember your backyard used to be bigger than? <laughs> I, I mean, who could throw a ball all the way? Well, a kid could throw it. You know. But we're out playing. I'm down in three-point stance, ready to go off to catch a ball. And my dad had his steel-toed work boots on, and he drop-kicked me. And I never forgot it. I remember it to this day, that moment. You say, well, that was cruel. No, that was dad. And uh, I was never afraid of him, though, unless I was doing wrong. The terror of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. When we're smart enough, smart enough to know, he's God. I ought to submit my schedule to him, my life to him, my plans to him. And you remember what in Jesus taught in parables, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. Mm -hmm. yes. Remember that? Remember that story? Yes. Yes. You know, the person, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to tear down my barns. And, you know what you ought to say? If the Lord wills, I'll go here. I'll go there. I'll do this or do that. Mm -hmm. That concept <clears throat> is foreign to many today. Yes, it is. It's foreign. And, but the fear of the Lord can be taught by word and example. Um, well, we're never going to get through here if I stop and do this all the time. Next. I had to abbreviate because I was running out of patience putting this on the screen. Each fear of the Lord problem. Got it? Got it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's a lot of typing for a blind man. But each <laughs> FOTL proverb tells us more about the fear of the Lord. What it is, what it's not, what it does, what it can do, what it should do. And in Proverbs 1 7, our very first proverb that we're just getting back to, it says it's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of getting that head slapped, that, that truth with a bite to it. Uh, it's the beginning. It's the starting gun. Without that, we're going to make all kinds of stupid mistakes. We're going to do things wrong. We're going to find ourselves in messes. How many of you remember some messes you got yourself into that if you'd have 
heeded some advice, you have, wouldn't have gotten into that mess. Mm -hmm. yeah. But no, I know best. I know. No, no, don't tell me. You know. But it's a, it's a common thing. It says that fools despise this instruction and this wisdom. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to dis fools? You know who a fool is, right? I need somebody to read for me. I lost that one. It's in the middle of a blur. Psalm 14.1. I think that's what it says. Isn't that's that what, what it says. says? Is that what it says? That's what it says. Psalm 14.1. Yeah. Can I get somebody to wave your hand and let me know you're going to read that one? Tom's got that one. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I was born ready. <laughs> The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable, abominable works. There is none who does good. Okay. The fool has said in his heart, I can live any way I want to. There's no God. There's no consequence for the decisions I make. There, there's, you know, I can live, do anything I want to do. And Well, yeah, you can. But there are consequences. Mm. Maybe not right this moment. Yes. Did you notice in the news that all these trials are coming due right now? Yes. Uh, some from two years ago, some from a year ago. You know, uh, they made a decision to do certain things, but there's a judgment day. Mm. There's a judgment day. There's a 13-year-old kid going to be tried as an adult because he decided to take a gun to Easton Shopping Center and didn't like what a, another teenager said to him and he shot him dead right in the shopping center. Yeah. And he's up for trial now and they're going to try him as an adult because he took the gun, found out how to unlock the gun case, loaded, click off the safety, he went there with a loaded gun on purpose. And he could probably wind up spending the rest of his natural life behind bars. The fool has said, I can do anything I want. I mean, we have some people you know of that think, well, I can do anything I want. Nobody can touch me. I can just do, I can live any way I want to. You're a fool. You're an abject fool. You ought to be terrorized. You ought to be afraid of what God can do. There is a judgment coming. Amen. There is an eternity. And people have lost all fear. Yes, they have. I find it interesting when I'm doing a, a funeral service and if there's a lot of people there that uh, don't know the Lord. You say, well, how can you tell? Uh, you, you, you can tell. <laughs> I'm not that sharp and I can tell. And, the, and the, the Lord impresses me to give a very clear statement about salvation and eternity because that's the only time they're going to sit still and listen to it. That's right. 
say, but oh, they're, they've tuned you out. They've got their headphones on and everything else. They're, I believe that the word of the Lord will not return unto him void. It will accomplish what he sent it to do. And I'm planting seed. Amen. And when you're talking to somebody and they say, I, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in all that, you keep planting seed yes. because there's going to be some tears watering that seed sometime. Mm -hmm. And maybe, just maybe, they're going to come up to you in eternity and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, the fool says in his heart, uh, what else do we know? What does it mean that it says fools despise the understanding and the instruction and the wisdom? What does it mean to despise something? Hate it. Okay, hate it. What else? Dismiss it. Dismiss it. Yeah. No regard for it. No regard for it. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need. I don't need that, and I don't want that. Yeah. You keep your opinion to yourself. Well, I'll do it later. Yeah, I'll do it later. Yeah, yeah there you go. You know, uh, procrastination is a is a big trait. Um, they despise it. They don't just disregard it. They hate it. Have you ever had somebody give you the look that they just <coughs> hated your guts? Anybody yeah. ever experienced that? Yeah. Anybody ever experienced yeah. that? What's that feel like? Yeah. Not good. Thank you. Not good. <laughs> but the fool, even though you are trying to teach them the fear of the Lord, teach them the right way to live and how to function, they're going to look look at you with a hatred and despise you because you're bringing the truth. Get used to it. This is a problem today in many Christians. We don't want anybody not to like us. We want everybody to think we're special. We're just wonderful. We... we, we we, we count up how many likes we have on Facebook and think that amounts to a, a crowd of people that think you're just wondrous. Folks, if you tell people the truth and you try to teach them the fear of the Lord by your words and by your example, some people are going to flat out despise you and the truth that you're sharing. How are we to deal with that as Christians? How are we to deal with that? What? I'd say pray for them people that despise you. Keep praying for them? Those that despitefully use you? Yeah. What else can we do? You draw closer to the Lord through prayer and through reading His Word. You get closer to Him, not distance yourself to be more comfortable, but get closer to Him because did Jesus know what it felt like to be yes. despised. Yes. He was despised. Didn't the prophet say? He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. But surely he hath borne our griefs and carried us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He went to the cross for us, people. 
Yes. He knows how to comfort and strengthen us when the word that we've shared or the life that we're living causes people to despise us. Yes, he does. You say, well, you know, this is Satan speaking. He'll say, you know, if you just lighten up a little bit. You just, you know, lighten up. Don't be so adamant about the way of the Lord. Sure. They'll, 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 they'll respond to you. What, what's wrong with that? Well, you're not being obedient to Christ, that's for sure. And you're not doing them any flavors. You're not doing them because they think okay. the rules have changed. I'll tell you, you sugarcoat. I, I, I have on tape a message my son preached years ago called Carmel Coated Christianity Just Won't Cut It. <laughs> he, he was so great. And, and uh, uh, he gives all these great illustrations. He says, it just won't cut it. And then he concluded with God. It just won't cut it with God. Let's look at the next part. Anything else about the fool and despising wisdom? Folks, get used to it. Or... Draw closer to the Lord. He knows what it feels like to be despised and rejected of people. Yes, he does. I don't like people not to like me. I'm a nice guy. Yes, I don't. I don't like to have people hate my guts and 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 disregard and mock me and do all kinds of things. How many of you have ever had somebody threaten you? Oh, yeah, I, I had a guy threaten to kill me. I've had a couple people threaten to kill me. I've had people saying they were going to have a witch cast a, a curse on me and all kinds of interesting things. I had someone suggest they were going to hire a hitman and take me out. Not to a ball game. Take me out. But that person who did that, I still tried to witness to. It wasn't me. I wanted to take a hit out on them myself, personally. But the Jesus who was despised will help you when you have been despised to hang in there. Did Jesus from the cross, did he, oh, this is facetious, uh, did Jesus from the cross, oh, change my mind. No, thank God. Change my mind. Thank God he didn't. Uh, you know, I was a little harsh on you guys. I uh, I said I was the son of God. But well, you know, that didn't go over well. I've got to back. You know, I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Jesus didn't back down from the cross. He was despised. Read Isaiah 53 again. Just read Isaiah. And Jesus knows what you're going through when you're despised and rejected of men. It hurts. Raise your hand if you wave it so I can see. It, it, it hurts. It, it hurts. It's a deep, it's a deep bruise. You know? Mm -hmm. It doesn't just go, it hurts deep. But Jesus, Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will till the day is done. 
There's not a one like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. He's, he's the comforter, and he sends another comforter to come alongside us. Move along, King. You're dragging your feet. Okay, the next proverb that deals with this subject of the fear of the Lord is Proverbs. Help me out. One. Thank you. Okay, I'm getting there. Turn the page here. Uh, Proverbs 1, 28 through 30. Can I get somebody? Okay, Sean is going to do that one. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have, they would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Whoa! What's the Lord saying here? He's saying that the people have refused his counsel and his rebuke and his, his word and they did not choose the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a choice. The fear of the Lord is a choice. Now, there's a lot of people out there, we talked about it many times before, that don't believe we have free choice. They haven't read the book, folks. That's right. it's, it's a nice little doctrine, except it's wrong. That we have no free will, we have no choice. The Bible tells me that we can choose certain things. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of, your, of the people on the other side of the Red Sea or the God... Who, who brought you through the Red Sea. Yes. But as for me and my house, I we will serve, serve the Lord. It's a choice. It's a choice. Yes. You and I have a choice. And people can choose to or not to embrace the fear of the Lord. That reverence, that awe, that respect of putting Him first. That His priorities are establishing my priorities. Uh, when I used to have a, a large staff, I had a large staff of people working for me and with me up at Hartman. And I had the kitchen, and then I had housekeeping, and then I had the maintenance crew, and all different kinds of people like that. Probably about, at, in the winter, probably 25 to 30 on staff at all times. And then we had the office staff above that. And we would, we would start off every morning with a meeting and prayer. And I would establish, as the, the head of the, the whatever it was, uh, I, I was supposed to be in charge, uh, I would establish what our priorities were for the day. Now when we have a new hire, sometimes they would come in and say, well, I was planning on doing this. Uh -huh. And people would just try to look at them and say, shh. <laughs> it was my job as the director to assign the priorities. Mm -hmm. 
I knew what groups were coming in, okay? We may have five or six different groups coming in at any given time. And I knew what needed to be accomplished. I knew, knew what rooms needed to be cleaned and ready and which didn't. I knew what, uh, how many people we needed to help out in the cafeteria, the kitchen area. I, I needed to know the, the prep and all the different delivery schedules and <coughs> those type of things. And so it only made good sense for us to meet and me establish their priorities. Mm -hmm. And then as they took those priorities as their guide for the day, everything worked out really well. Sure. Now on occasion, on occasion, I would get in my golf cart and I would go around and I would make sure that all the folks were where they were supposed to be. And because sometimes we had people that, I mean, you've got 700 beds on the facility, okay? And about mid-afternoon, sometimes you just get tired. <laughs> and if you go back to one of the, the remote cabin areas, you could have yourself a wonderful time having a nap back there. And uh, so I would drive around, I'd see other other people, and that's not where I assigned them to be. Uh, how many of you know the Lord knows what's best for us? Yes. yes. And He wants to direct our paths mm -hmm. and to guide us and direct us. We have a choice in the matter, though, if we're going to follow it. Yeah. We have a choice if we're going to follow the fear of the Lord. It is a choice. Can I get somebody to read Proverbs, whatever it is? Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. I got it. You got it. Okay. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Excuse me, my pages are sticking together. <laughs> You shouldn't eat a jelly donut when you're reading the Bible. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, if thou cross after him, always lift it. Uh, eat, uh, eat up on the ounce for understanding. If thou seekest for her as silver and searchest for her as for hidden treasures, then shall thou understanding the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Amen. Okay. The fear of the Lord. T-F-O-T-L. Needs to be sought after. And what does it compare how we're to seek after this fear of the Lord relationship of awe and respect and finding out what His will is and what His direction is. How, how is it compared in that portion of the scripture in the Proverbs, I might add. It's like going after silver and hidden treasure. Mm -hmm. I've known people that they would not miss a day of work if they had a simple. They, how many of you have ever gone into work when you felt like death warmed over and just... Uh, 
But I know people that if they've got an ingrown toenail on their little little toe. Mm -hmm. Church is just too much to handle. Oh yeah. Uh, you say you're being picked well, kind I guess, but but if if I allow nothing to dissuade me from seeking after my paycheck, then why should I allow anything to dissuade me from seeking after the ways of the Lord, the That's fear right. of the Lord? Amen. If we need, like we're going on a treasure hunt, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're going to find huge treasure. I, I've told you before the story of uh, my buddies and I, we we uh, we did it in reverse. We uh, we made up a treasure map, and uh, there was no treasure that we hid. We just made up a map. Is that stupid? Yes, yeah, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. I admit it. I had a stupid childhood. Me and my neighbor kids, we we just did dumb things. We would go out. We would make bows and arrows and shoot things at each other. You know that's stupid. But, you know, I wouldn't let my grandkids do that. But, but we, we set that out there. And, and so we were like pirates. We were following the, 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 the map that we drew. And we got out there and we're digging in where the X was. And, and the neighbor boys, Mr. Payne, came home from work. He says, what are you boys doing? He says, well, we've got a treasure map. He says, well, you're digging right over where the old uh, outhouse was. <laughs> my, my. So glad he came home. My, my, my. You know, so, sometimes we're digging in the wrong places for the treasure of the Lord. Yes. Yeah. And, and we need to realize that if we don't seek after the fear of the Lord as if it were something special, as if it were hidden treasure, silver and riches. Something oh, it's, it's a rich thing yeah, to walk in value. the center of God's will. Amen? Amen. Oh, what? I love that old song. Hallelujah, I'm walking with the King. Praise His holy name. Every day the same. Oh, hallelujah, I'm walking with the King. Every day I'm walking with the King. Oh, it's exciting to see what God has in store, what God's going to do. If we choose to follow after Him and seek the fear of the Lord, to walk in wisdom and awe of Him, and put everything before Him, He's the director. He gives the assignments. And our, our assignments are only what He assigns, not, not our plans, His plans. For his ways are higher than our ways. Amen? We'll get to there eventually. But it's a treasure. And some don't see it as a treasure. They're digging in all the wrong spots, so to speak. So, moving right along. It must be sought as if it were riches. We can have a great work ethic. We can go to work no matter what. But the things of the Lord can take second, third, fourth, and fifth place mm -hmm. if we're not careful. There's always be a something that will crowd in there if you let it. But if we have the fear of the Lord, we're going to put His priorities 
Parenting is not for sissies. You got to make some tough choices. Amen. Oh, I remember the some of the battles, especially when we took in our four nieces and nephews uh, to raise. We were given custody by the court in Florida and brought them up to Paintsville, and here they are, four heathens who have never, ever been in a church, never dressed up, never followed any rules, are going to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night, other activities. Oh, we had rebellion. Oh, my, I don't want to go. Well, that's your opinion. But you're going. You can either be happy about it or you can be sad about it. But you're going. Uh, the It's a choice. And as, as we follow that choice, you're not going to be Mr. and Mrs. Popularity. And uh, they're going to grimace at you and gripe at you. I had a church secretary one time that that uh, I noticed her, her son, her teenage son, had not been in church in several weeks. And I said, what's up with so-and-so? And he said, oh, well, he's, he's, he's uh, doesn't want to go to church anymore. He says he's this, that, and the other. And I said, oh. I said, well, you do that in, in all of life? Oh, yeah, we, we try to honor his opinions and his feelings, you know. And I said, okay, you, you, don't, you don't make him go to school, right? Well, of course we make him go to school. That's the law. Oh. And, and you don't make him brush his teeth every Oh, yes, of course we do. It's good. I, you make him take a bath. Well, yes, of course we do. I said, so you're telling me that his decisions to not go to church, that school, brushing your teeth, and taking a good warm bath is more important than his spiritual well-being. Good for you. Well, they didn't like that. <laughs> my, my, my secretary didn't care for that. She let me know about it. didn't know it's a term. You're not going to be popular, but it's a choice. It's a choice. Let's move on. All i got to do is re-familiarize myself with where in the world I am. Oh, I better go here. I've lost. The next proverb is Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs 8.13. You got it? Okay. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth I, do I hate. Okay. We need to hate the false or evil ways. Not just say, well, I'm going to do this. We need to develop a hatred for that which God hates. Yes. Uh, I need some other help here. Um, <laughs> this is bigger than that. Psalm 119, 104, and 105. Who'll do that one for me? I see a hand of anybody. Well, okay, Sean has got that. 
Psalm 119, 127, and 128. Okay, Bev's got that one. Okay. That's it. For right now. That's all I got up there, right? It's all yeah. there. That's, I didn't tell, tell the comma, but yeah. Psalm 119, 104, and 105. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I didn't have that messed up my pages. Huh? Yeah. Jilly Donut got you, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay. It says that your precepts, your word... I get understanding, and therefore, based upon your word, I hate every false way. I I stay awake. Your let your word's a lamp to my feet. It's a guiding influence, and as we are guided by the word of God, we gain wisdom. We gain understanding into God's ways. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, and we hate every false way. And then Psalm 119, one, whatever it is, 27 and 128. Did I sign that one? Yes. Last one. Okay, Bev's got it, okay. Therefore I love thy commandment, thy commandments above gold, yea, <clears throat> above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. Hmm. It's not just, well, I choose not. No, we hate it. We develop a hatred for the false way. You say, well, you're not supposed to hate anything. Well, the Bible tells me, yeah, you are. It's not talking about people here. It's talking about ways and paths and ways of life. There's some things I just hate when I see it. Uh, I some of the new TV shows and, and, and they're things I hate. Yes. That they're, you know, kids are going to turn in and they're going to be influenced by this, this insanity. Yes. Uh, I'm praying, be praying for our Ohio Senate today as they try to overrule the governor's idiocy and say, no. You were born a boy, you are a boy. No and nobody's going to mess with you until you make your own decisions. You get old enough to be stupid. And, and also, we're not going to have people that started off as a boy go in and play in the, in the female sports and make it an uneven playing field. Right. It's not right. It's wrong. It's a false way. I hate that kind of stuff. I'm praying for my Ohio senators today. Well, you know, people say that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, you know, people will leave Ohio. Good. Yes. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But but the stupidest one was the person, you know, this is going to lead to suicide. Well, I thought suicide was a, a mental issue. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Hasn't it been determined to be a mental yeah. issue? Yeah. What about increased funding for mental health issues when people have led them astray yes. into believing that there's something that they're not? That oh. Oh, I hate. I hate it too. Therefore, I hate every. Huh? I that. What? It makes you think about the parents. What are they thinking when they say it's okay for this little kid, what, eight years old, to decide they're not the sex they was born to be? <laughs> well, they've been following a false way that. I mean, most of us here in the room are old enough to remember that years ago, none of this was acceptable yeah. to society. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. None of this. <clears throat> and yet they've eroded away at moral fabric. They pushed the word of God out. And what's left but the word of men. Yes. And the attitudes of men and women. And they've accepted that. We don't want to offend anybody. Don't hurt anybody's feelings. Well, you feel like you're a dog, so you just bark like a dog. And you, you, I identify as a. Oh, come on. You know. It's 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 a false way, and we need to learn to hate the the way, not the person that's in it. Understand? I don't I don't hate them. But I hate the way. Yes. And I pray that their, their ways will be stopped mm -hmm. and that the light of Christ will come in. But I just can't accept it. That's what we're told to do. Well, it's not hurting you. You just accept it. No, I'm sorry. I hate yes. every false yes. way. Mm -hmm. Well, you're a hate monger. Well, I guess I am. Because I'm doing what my Bible told me to do, to hate every false way. And anybody keeping track of what, what in the world time it is? I can't see. Don't lie 11. to me now. 3 till 11. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't lie to me now. Oh, it's 20 after. Oh. <laughs> Hating what God hates is key to the Old and the New Testament. We discussed last time, and we're not going to take time to look at it today, but Jesus, in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, says several times, "You, I like you because you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, Jesus is pretty strong about it. Yes. He's, he's very strong about it. That Nicola Nicolaitans, which was... You can do anything you want to. Everything's fine. Cheap grace. Do whatever you want. And uh, no judgment. Uh, but God hates that. Jesus, how many of you think Jesus still might hate those evil ways? He hasn't changed. He has not changed. Uh, hating what God hates is an important aspect of the fear of the Lord. Yes. If we're walking with the Lord, 
And he says, don't step there. The stupid person, the fool, would step there. Mm -hmm. Just to spite him. But no, we would avoid that because we're walking in the fear and the knowledge of the Lord. Yes. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Yeah, talk. These six things do <clears throat> these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Now, I, I remember studying this years ago and uh, reading it, and it didn't make any a lick of sense to me. Well, six things the Lord hate, hates. No, there are seven. I said, well, make up your mind. <laughs> Which is it? It's a, it's a Hebrew uh, way of talking. Uh, you know, there's six things. No, it's worse than that. There's seven. There's six. No, it's worse than that. And we find that kind of wordplay throughout the Old Testament. And uh, have you ever known somebody that... Uh, They'll tell you something. What well, it, it, it gets worse. It, it's it's worse than that. <laughs> and they, they tell you a little bit. And they, well, wait a minute. It's even worse than that. It's worse than I thought. And uh, so six things and those things God hates. And it's in the book. It's in black and white. It's it's right there for us. And He hasn't changed His mind. Thousands of years. And he hasn't changed his mind. It's in the Proverbs. It's, it's still there. The fear of the Lord causes us to hate every false way. To develop a hatred for those things that God hates. Now remember, it's not the people. It's their ways. And uh, I mentioned earlier, when we were raising our, uh, we had custody of our four nieces and nephews. We loved them, we loved them, but boy, we hated their ways. Oh my, 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 Do we hate their ways. And for me, a, a big thing is table manners. And some of you are probably not as picky as I am. My kids just laugh when, when those four came into our house because they all chewed with their mouth open and talked while they were chewing. Shoot me now. Shoot me now. I do not want to wear your corn on the cob on my vest. I'm sorry. So, I love the kids, but I hated their ways. So what did I do? Did I hurt the kids? No. I instructed them in changing their ways that I hate. And uh, we still have some communication. We're having one of those that had gone way off the rails, has come back and has sought the Lord. Another one was in a, a lesbian relationship, but has come back and is seeking the Lord and wanting to get their life back Praise together. God. They knew they were loved, but their ways were hated. It's an important distinction. 
Proverbs 9, verses 10 and 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear it alone. Getting to know God's ways. Fear of the Lord guides us in learning His ways. Understanding the ways of God. This is very important for the believer as you're studying the scriptures. How many of you have ever had someone say to you, well, that, you know, that scripture seems to suggest that God does this, that, and the other. And uh, you, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. <clears throat> because you know the nature of God. Mm -hmm. And that's con that behavior they're talking about is contrary to his nature. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so by understanding the Lord better, you're able to communicate. No, 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 you misunderstood when it says he hates evil, he doesn't hate the people. Well, then why does he judge them? Because if they don't turn loose of their evil, it'll drag them to a place called hell. Mm -hmm. He's not willing that any of them go there. He wants everyone to turn loose of their sin and receive his salvation. Yes. He wants every last one of them. He doesn't hate anybody enough to want them to be in hell. It was not his plan. Hell was not created for mankind, but for the angels and Satan himself that fell with him. Mm -hmm. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And so, when you know the nature of the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. No, God wouldn't, God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't act that way. God wouldn't do that. And uh, it, it, I must be misunderstanding what this verse says because that's against the nature of God. And uh, getting to know God's ways makes it easier to communicate the fear of the Lord, to teach it and to live it. Uh, Isaiah, I need somebody to read Isaiah, whatever. 55, 8 and 9. Can I get a wave of a hand from somebody? Okay, Lemon's going to do it. Okay, i got to find it. Okay. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Well, I don't think that's fair. How many of you ever used that? I know I just not 
It's just not fair. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. And that's the big thing today. Well, that's not fair. It's not fair for God to send somebody who's never heard to hell. It's just not fair. Well, the Bible tells us that he's not going to do that. And I know it because I know the Lord and I know his ways. There was a time when there was not a single righteous person following the Lord on planet Earth. There had been a flood where the wicked was cast out and killed, and Noah's family was surviving. But from the time of them getting off of the ark, for several chapters, there's no other sacrifice made to the Lord. Not one. They left their relationship with God when the rain stopped. When they were out of the crisis. Boy, isn't that human nature. And centuries passed, and we come to a place where there's a guy out in a little place called Ur of the Chaldees. And he doesn't know God. His, his, his daddy has, has idols. And the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, they have all kinds of false gods. But nobody's there to tell him about the one true God, is there? Nobody's there. No, no heir of, of Noah is around to, to tell them about the God who spared them from the flood and the judgment of the Lord. But in that time when there was nobody within thousands of miles who could tell him about God, God spoke to Abram. Out of nowhere. He didn't send somebody. He just personally addressed Abram. He said, if you'll follow me, have a relationship with me. You live according to my ways. I'm going to give you a land of promise and all, a whole bunch of people that will follow in your lineage. Nobody witnessed to Abraham but God. That's strange. Think about it. Think about it. So take that to your argument. Well, I don't think it's fair that somebody hadn't had the gospel preached to them. If there's nobody to walk up to the front porch and tell the gospel to somebody, God himself steps in and makes a way where there is no way. When you know about God, you know his ways. That's the way, just the way he is. He's not willing that any should perish. He's going to step in if there's nobody else there. Noah lived in a, in a wicked time. There was all kinds of things going on. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Noah. And we had no reference of him speaking to anybody else for some time before that. Until... You know, um, Methuselah was around and Enoch walked with God. God is able and his nature is such that if nobody else is there, he'll step in himself because he's not willing that any should perish. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we got maybe time for one more. One more. The 
27. Can I get anybody? Okay, Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Okay. It says the fear of the Lord adds length or prolongeth days. You say, does that mean we get to live a long time if we walk in the fear of the Lord? As you look at that word in the Hebrew, the word is yasaf, I think. Yeah. Yasaf. And it adds to. It's value. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Amen. You know, how many of you know that when you come to the Lord and you give Him your heart and He takes your sin away, you're, you're saved, you're born again, but wait, there's more. There's value added when we walk in the fear of the Lord. There's added to, it enhances our walk, the fear of the Lord. What are some other things that are added to your salvation. But wait, there's more. What else is there for you? Eternal life. What else? Abundance. Abundance. Joy. Joy. Fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Blessings. Blessings. But wait, there's more. His healing, his, his walking in health. It's enhanced. He lengthens or expands our days. There's more in there because we're walking in the fear of the Lord. There's, there's all kinds of added blessings because we're walking in the fear of the Lord, walking in His ways, walking in reverence and awe of who He is. There's just so many cruel things that are added to your life when you walk in the fear of the Lord. Can you think of some other things that are added to your life just because you're walking in the fear of the Lord? Walking family. Like, what? Family. Family. You've got a, I've got a, a whole big family in the natural, but I've got a bigger family in the supernatural. I've got people that, that uh, I know around the world serving the Lord the family of God here at, at Trinity, all kinds of neat things. Uh, just had a phone call this past week from a dear friend. Uh, you remember Sue Thomas from over at Eastgate? Well, Sue called to let me know that that Charlotte is at death's door, Charlotte Hart. And uh, they've not given her any hope, and I've been trying to get a hold of Richard, but he, he, he has a cell phone, but he doesn't know how to use it. But uh, uh, here's a dear saint of God. Uh, I remember the very first day she came to, came to Eastgate. She had a scowl on her face. I mean, she had a scowl on her face. She'd been hurt and wounded in another church. And she was just so hurt. That she was in tears through the whole service. But at the end, she came forward for prayer. because she says, that's the way I was raised. I was raised to... Take my burdens to the Lord at the altar. And right after that, she said, I know I'm new, but, but God's called me to work with children. And when you're ready to have me, I'd be love to work with the children here. And she started off working with the kids. We've been praying, the whole church been praying 
for a children's church leader. And she stepped in, did a phenomenal job over the years. And Richard, uh, Richard Drake, he loved to sing the, the songs of faith. And he was, if I needed an amen, I had, I had Richard on my side to give a big shout of amen. Uh, Lord lets us have special people like that yes. in our lives. Added value added. What are some other value added things? Just from walking in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Peace in time of trouble. Peace. Yeah. You're walking through difficult times. Yeah. You're walking through times of trouble, but you're not walking alone. Amen. When you walk through a storm, keep your head up high. You'll never walk alone. I love that old song. It's not a biblical song, but it's a it's a great song. But I don't have to walk through these things alone. I get scared by myself. I'm still scared of the dark. But but you know what? When I'm walking with him, hallelujah, I'm walking with the king. Uh, we have peace in the midst of it. What are some other added benefits, value-added things? You know, it's nice because you can call out on him. And you know, he comes through. Because it reminds me, when I have to go to the eye doctor on Neal Avenue, I'm scared to death to drive that. Me too. Yeah. And you know what? You got to ride with me. That'll <laughs> scare you. You know what? I say, Lord, I need your help today. Please help drive me there. And you know it always works. I was praying in the spirit the whole way over and the whole way home. I know, it's horrible. Same with other people on the road. Yeah, if they had any sense, if they had any sense, they were. Yeah. Well, the people that honked at me, I, I'm sorry I stopped in the middle of the road. I just can't see. Okay. I'd like to tell both of you, if you have to go to Neal Avenue and you, and you want to ride, I mean, I go down there. Not happily, but I go down there all the time. Yeah. So give me a call and I'll take you. Oh, thank you. All right. What? He won't bring you back, but he'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't like that Bye-bye. <laughs> we're going to have to stop there for today. <laughs> Walking in the fear of the Lord enhances our walk. Yes. All the blessings... The, the glory of the Lord, Him opening His Word to us, seeing answered prayer, God just opening your eyes, seeing somebody come to know the Lord as Savior, oh, it's value added. Yes. Those who walk in the fear of the Lord, you get some bonuses you hadn't counted on. There's some perks in there that they didn't tell you about. And it's all about the fear of the Lord. Now, we did not get to where I was hoping to get to today because I have this great song on here. Can I play that song anyway? Yeah. We haven't got there yet. It's a great old song. And I want to, I want to, we'll, we'll play it again next week when we get there. But one of the Proverbs deals with the fact that it's better to have a little with the fear of the Lord than a whole lot without it. Amen? Yes. Better have a little with the fear of the Lord than a whole lot without it. Amen. And it reminded me of this great old song that I'm going to try and... Oh, come on, don't do that to me. I've got all these warning labels up. And i got to 
get rid of them before I can do anything. Oh, let me do that. Oh, I'm just going to play it as soon as I find it. Okay, I'm just going to play it. I can't, you can't see it very well because I can't expand it right now. There you go. Oh, yeah. Ignore the stuff on the right side. <laughs> Ignore all those things. Now right there's a word for all to do.
Okay, unsaved loved ones. Patsy's sister, Flo, her daughter's name is Terry, mm -hmm. and she's in the hospital now. She's uh, been diagnosed with leukemia. So her name is Terry. And Terry. pray for Flo also. She's, she's not in the Yes. Last year I had a church pray for my niece's grandson. His uh, <coughs> name is... Uh, Eli Osborne, and he was just a teen, about 17, and he just started having something that caused him to almost die from diarrhea. And we all prayed, and of course, my family prayed, and her family. And he got better, completely better, was able to go to school, get his driver's license, and everything. Well, last week he had his wisdom teeth removed, and since then he's been right back with the same huh. problem. Eli Oswald, please pray for Eli. Other prayer requests today? Unspoken. Unspoken requests? Yes. yes. Uh, Stephen Bear, he's still uh, dealing with the cancer. Oh, Jesus. From what I hear, he's not feeling well at all. Okay. Yes. I have never said anything about this before, but my only daughter, Riley's mother, is. Uh, was arrested and went before the judge and uh, was recently transferred over to Marysville Correctional Facility. She's going to do a little bit of time there. And uh, she's calling me and I talked to her. And I, my, my prayer is that I hope that she's being honest with me about seeking the Lord mm -hmm. and not just telling me what I want to hear. Right. But let's just pray for her that she gets the help that she needs and uh, turns her life around. It's, it's not too late. That's Amen. Right. That's right. Well, there's life there, so yes. Uh, remember, Becky, she's had a lot of problems with her back. I mean, she couldn't even come and sit in this chair today. Oh, my God, this poor woman was just getting totally worse. Pray for Becky. I've got three. Uh, one is uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And second, pray for our boys over there that have been hammered at every day. day. And uh, last one, no least, touch our pastor from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Amen. That God will move in a mighty, mighty way. Amen. Amen. <laughs> There was, I don't know, but there was a pastor and from Mount Sterling that yeah, lost passed away in the fire. Yes, yeah. that family. I think he had a, a wife. I think he had altogether. I think they had eight children, mm -hmm. but him and two of the children perished in the okay. fire. Mm -hmm. Did you see that on the news? Yes, yeah. pastor and his son died in the fire. I've uh, I've reached out to both my son and my daughter. And uh, I get two different, uh, uh, they, they receive that in two different ways, but the end result uh, is disappointing for both of them. Uh, my son just shuts me off, and my daughter tells me later that she has enough problems. 
and you can try and tell them that uh, you know turned over to Jesus and uh, let him take control of it you know and take the load off your shoulders but uh, that's I've, it's just been an uphill battle and I, I'm not you've been sowing seed and you're watering it with tears and prayers and God is faithful keep praying for other prayer requests this morning my brother Gilbert uh, has been having problems with vertigo. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have a nephew, Pastor, who is uh, in need of a job. Uh, and his sister has a courier company, and she is in need of a new contract. A new contract. They're mm -hmm. uh, both safe. I'm looking for the Lord's will for their life. Couple first names. Me, uh, BJ, and Holly. BJ and Holly. Well, could I get a several to lead us out in prayer today? And I'm going to ask for a volunteer to close out. Uh, uh, I'm struggling a little bit here, but uh, so I'm going to ask you to who be willing to close out. See a wave of aim. Tom will. Okay, then several lead, lead us out in prayer, and Tom's going to close today. Lord Jesus, we truly thank you today for your word. Surely it is a lamp unto our feet. I ask you to look down on all the brothers and sisters that have a request. Let them come up for you like incense, Lord. Mighty God, we love you, Lord, and we thank you. We ask you to look down on our pastor, Lord, anointing from the top of your head to the bottom of his feet, Lord. Touch his eyes, Lord, and he'll have eyes of dew, Lord. Truly, we are a privileged people, Lord. We do want to follow in your footsteps. I ask you, dear Lord, help us, guide us, Lord, that we'll go day by day, Lord, and trust on that rock, Lord, that we stand on that rock in the name of Jesus, Lord. Mighty God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the many, many, many blessings. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you that you have given us your word that we can learn to get closer to you no more as we study. Lord, we just thank you that as you spoke to so many as you walked this earth, each one that came, you healed. Lord, we just have a number 
and not verbally. It, and those unsaved loved ones that we have, that we just treasure. Lord, you treasure them more. And we pray. As, as we try to sow the seed, Lord, you water them. You water those seeds. And we just thank you that you're here and that you answer prayer. Little is much when you're in it, Lord. Yes. Uh, and we just ask that you would touch this one with the vertigo, that you'll be with Becky and strengthen her, Lord, as she takes care of Sophia. Lord, we just, oh, there's so much. Lord, Holly and BJ need your help. Lord, we ask that you would just minister there in a mighty way. Lord, we just... ask that you would touch Pastor. Lord, this eye. Oh, my God. Yes, Lord. Touch him. Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit dwells within us that helps us and opens eyes and oh God we need that comforter this morning yes we have these many needs Lord we just ask that you would minister to each one individually and I pray that we'll have mighty uh, mighty testimony for this one who is struggling in has gone to this correctional facility. Lord, I pray that you will send someone her way. Lord, give her Father God, we praise your holy name today. We're grateful, Lord, that you've adopted us into your family. Yes. That you've had a plan of salvation. And that you have chosen us, Lord God. And that your Holy Spirit has convicted us that we need you. There's so many of our family and our friends, Father God, that need that conviction. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would work overtime in their lives because it's so precious to us and we know that they're precious to you. Father, we're so grateful for your love and your mercy and your grace. The blessings that you bestow upon us, Father God, we just praise you for. And we're just reminded, Lord, through your word that the 
beginning of wisdom is fearing you. And we are in awe of you, Lord God. There is none like you. No one can compare. We stand in awe of you. Father God, we ask that you help us to walk in the Spirit day by day. Father God, that you would put a love for your word into our heart so strong that we would grow closer to you by hearing from you. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that gives us peace and guidance. Father God, you've provided for our every need. And through the blood of Jesus, we have the victory. So Father, today I thank you for this Bible study. I thank you for an anointed pastor. I thank you, Lord God, for uh, an hour and a half that we get to spend with you and our family here at Trinity. It's so good to be with our family, Lord. So we praise you today. We've voiced a lot of requests uh, for you today. And God, we just agree in faith and believe, Father God, that your will will be done. Because that's our desire. That your will will be done in all of our lives. Meet the needs, Father God that we pray about today and give us a peace that you will answer and help us to accept your will. Father, I praise you today and I ask your blessing as we go forward today we walk out these doors that you just go with us, lead us and guide us. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Sometimes we've had problems with our internet service here. Anyway, it uh, sometimes it just takes numbers and does away with them. Oh and, yeah. You know we thought, whoa. Mine was gone off the on the other night. I don't huh. know what was wrong with that? Yeah. I had a, a torn retina one time, uh -huh. and they had all they had to do was laser on it and fix it. But that's your retina is has. Yeah. Yeah. I had a hemorrhage in the retina. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. 